guys, and thank you for listening to the Campus Safety Voices podcast. My name is Amy Rock, and I am Senior Editor for Campus Safety. Each year, Campus Safety has a Director of the Year Awards program that recognizes K-12, higher ed, and hospital police chiefs, security directors, emergency managers, or heads of security and or public safety who demonstrate outstanding leadership skills, ingenuity, and selflessness. We name a winner from each sector at one of our Campus Safety Conferences. The nomination materials we receive for each finalist are chock full of notable accomplishments. To give the finalists more deserved recognition, we like to chat with them further to highlight a few of their most impressive accomplishments or achievements they are especially proud of. One of the K-12 finalists is Frank Galbraith, who is the Director of Safety and Security and Chief of Police for the Coatesville Area School District in Pennsylvania. Frank spoke to the purchase and installation of a new emergency management and response system, how he created a district incident command team, and how he taught himself how to write grants, securing almost $400,000 in funding. Here's our chat. Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos. Or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. So you are director of safety and security and chief of police for Coatesville area school district and your director of the year nomination. It's said that you oversaw the purchase and installation of a new emergency management and response system. Do you, can you talk about that a little bit? What motivated you to implement it? What the process was like? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've been with the Coatesville area school district for about five years now. We're going on five years. Um, when, I, when I first got here, there was no real emergency management system. Um, there was no, they, they had protocols, everything was written, but there was no, there was no assistance in a management in, uh, in emergency management. So, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest priorities with, with me was to make sure we had a system in place that could help us in emergencies and maybe in some other areas as well as far as operations and things like that. Um, so what I did is uh, I, I got my director of internet uh, technology and we kind of put our heads together and we started doing some research on some systems. Um, and five years ago, you know, there were some systems out, there's more now um, than there was then. Um, and we stumbled across a system called Silox Class, which is uh, to us, it's somewhat local. It's a New Jersey based company. So it's, in, it's within the, uh, the tri-state area. And we had them come out and do a, a, a demo. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was, I was really kind of blown away um you know with with their product um one of the biggest things coming from a law enforcement background for me and i've been doing school-based law enforcement for 20 years um so you know it is one is simplicity we want to make sure we have a system in place that our administrators our officers and everybody that can use that's user friendly um you know and, and also we wanted to put something in place that would also incorporate our local law enforcement um even though we have our own police department i work with these guys every single day um, so, you know, of course, when I'm responding to an incident, they're also responding to incidents. So we want to make sure that, you know, we have that collaboration between them. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we found Silox class. We did the uh, we, we did the demo with them um, again, myself and uh, my director of uh, IT. We were blown away. Basically, the system is based off of FEMA's old red and red and green card system. Um, so years ago, what they used to do, if there was an emergency, a teacher or somebody would slide 
from the classroom door under the door into the hallway, a green card, if they were okay, or a red card, if they weren't okay, and they, they were not safe. So that's kind of really where, you know, it, it came from. And that system really evolved. And what it did with us is that system allowed us to upload all our blueprints into the, into the system. Um, and we were, able, we were able to, whether it was via app or whether it was um, internet, you know, based, um, we were able to actually locate an emergency. Um, so the teachers have their own laptops, um, their phones, they have the app. Um, so what they do is they, every day they have that, that system open. Um, they start their day um, with the system open. Um, and believe it or not, we actually use that system for attendance as well. Um, so that system also, you know, they'll, they'll hit, um, it's a color-coded system. So there's several colors. There's not just, uh, you know, green and red. Um, there's, you know, I think we have eight max, I think, colors. So when I say earlier, I wanted to use it for emergency management, but also for our normal everyday operations. That's kind of how we use it. Um, so we have the green and the, the, the green and the red clearly for emergencies. We have uh, like a blue type of color if there's a medical emergency, um, an orange if there's a disturbance in a classroom that doesn't require police, but hey, an administrator needs to come up. Um, our faculty and staff can hit that hit that color basically anonymously. Nobody knows. Sends an alert whether it's an email or text message to our administrator, and within minutes, somebody's responding to that classroom. So it does the same thing in an emergency. Um, so if there is, let's say, an active shooter in the building, clearly we're going to enact our, our um, active shooter policies and protocols, and we're going to go into lockdown. With that system up, that teacher in that classroom, once they've locked their door and they're secure, they can go into that system and say, hey, I'm okay. And they can mark their room green, okay? Or if it's a teacher on the other side of the building where they're hearing shots fired right outside their door, they can say, red, he's right outside my door. It also allows us to chat back and forth with those, with those teachers. Um, so it, it, it's really, again, just very simplistic, very user-friendly. It's not tough to use. Um, and one of the biggest benefits for me was we were able to take that system link it and send a link to our Department of Emergency Services, our 911 center, okay? Which then we tied the system into our camera system. So with that link, they, our emergency uh, dispatchers up at the 911 center were able to basically take control of our camera systems. So as our first responders are heading in, we have our 911 dispatchers saying, hey, room 323, this teacher is showing red. We think our our intruders on this side of the building. That way we can direct law enforcement into that particular area. So, um, so yeah, that was that, that to me, that was the, uh, the system to go with. That was the easiest system. Um, you know, and, and again, simplicity, user-friendly, um, and again, we're able to use it for other things, not just emergency management. So, um, we thought, we thought that was the best product. Yeah, I think, feel like being able to use it for other purposes is, is really great because it just gets teachers and staff comfortable with using it yeah. where they're not only using it in an emergency. So it's this foreign system where they're panicked and it's something that they're more comfortable with using. Yeah. And I, I really, something that stood out to me that you said is the ability to um, kind of call an incident that 
that shouldn't involve police because there are plenty of school incidents in schools that shouldn't police shouldn't be involved in. And right. I think a lot of schools have in place where they police just get involved with anything. And, and you, you know, it's just not necessary yep. in a lot of incidents. So agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, as far as the school police is us, you know, we kind of stay out of the administration's way. We don't have any kind of discipline issues. Um, you know, for, for me, we're, we're there to protect, our students inside the building from the outside world. Um, so we don't police our students. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I kind of pride myself on this department and that's the relationships that we built with these kids and this faculty and these staff. And um, so, so yeah, so, you know, in, in order to use that system and get those teachers, you know, you know, using it every day. And, you know, you said it's not foreign to them um, when they do log into it is it's, it's just great. Now, if you, most schools, you don't have pushback from implementing something like this because it's just necessary these days. But were there any roadblocks that you faced in implement, implementing it? And, you know, how did you overcome that? No, no roadblocks, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think probably one of the biggest things that uh, we had to overcome was COVID. Um, COVID hit. Um, schools were shut down. Um, so we weren't making use of the system. Um, you know, Good thing is, I go back to simplicity and user friendly. Once our staff and faculty and kids came back, you know, it was more, no more than maybe a five minute refresher with everybody to say, hey, we're still using the system. Please remember, you know, in the morning, you know, you're going to mark your class, all your kids are here, you know, in emergencies, you know, you're red, you're green, and things like that. So, really, just a five minute refresher, and we were back up and running in no time. And I'm sure you have plenty of these, but do you have one that stands out an example of a time that the system, you know, aided in a campus emergency, you know, when you were happy to have it? Honestly, thankfully, I'll say we, we've never really had a real crisis um, to where we've had to use Silox in that manner. Um, some of the things I had mentioned were um, disturbances in the classroom. That's that really has become, you know, a, a gem for us. Again, like I said, because those teachers can basically anonymously send that that message to the administrator and say, hey, we have, you know, a disturbance in the classroom. Um, we need you to respond or even if it's a medical issue, um, you know, they can hit that color. It goes right to the nurse and administrator responds. And, you know, we come up or they come up, they assess the situation and, you know, determine whether, you know, there needs to be any more actionable steps. If it's a medical, whether it's an ambulance, if it's disciplinary, whether that student needs to be, you know, uh, asked to leave or, or what have you. So um, so no real crisis, thankfully, um, where we've had to use it. But it, it, like I said, uh, just using it daily has, has been really good. Definitely. And you, in your nomination, I saw that you also created a district incident command team. Can you speak about who is on that team and how it has benefited the district? Yeah, sure. So we did. Um, that was another thing that when I started working here um, that the district wasn't really familiar with, which was the incident command system. Um, throughout the years, we've trained all of our principals. We've trained um, our staff um, in the incident command systems, we've assigned roles at the building level um, through the incident command system. So, you know, when an incident or a crisis occurs, they can utilize and activate their team on site. Um, so that's worked out really well. One of the things that we really never had was an administrative level or a district level incident crisis or incident response team. Um, so that's what we did. So we put together what we did is we got together all of our central office administrators, which would include our superintendent, all of our directors, um, all of our supervisors of, uh, of departments. And we basically brought them all in and um, and 
there is when I started training them on the incident command systems and, uh, and, and NIMS and, um, and really how to, how they could help as administrators in a crisis at one of the buildings. Um, clearly, you know, if, if you're a superintendent and, you know, or you're a director and you have an incident at the school, the first thing you want to do is you want to go to that school, just like everybody else does. Parents, we want to go and we want to pick up our kids. The, our, our, our administration are no different. They want to go and they want to get there and they want to be able to help. Well, sometimes they can't do that on site. That's why we've trained our, our administrators, uh, building administrators, to, to be part of that incident command system and have their own team. So at the administrative level here at the central office, um, we're able to support the building um, incident command team, um, you know, as far as communications is concerned. You know, we can take communications from them and start um, sending messages, whether it be through school messenger, email, text. Um, we can start answering phone calls um, for them so they're not tied down to doing all that. And they can concentrate on the incident that's occurring within their building. Um, one of the things that we did do is when we initiated and activated um, the central office incident command team, we also started an emergency operations center. So in our, in our central office, we actually have a command center um, that, you know, if there is an incident and the incident command team is activated, that's where everybody goes. So there we can, we can view all of our cameras from there. Um, we can assist that way with directing our, um, our, our principals in certain means, um, uh, our first responders coming in and things like that. Um, again, communications, we have the internet, we have phone lines coming in. Um, you know, if you just picture kind of like a 911 center, that's really what it is. Um, and and that's, that's the space that we have where our district admin can, can really go to and, and help. That's where they will be best used um, in that area instead of responding to the school. Um, you know, we let them handle the incident on site. We handle some of the back stuff that they really just can't handle at that time. So. Awesome. And over the last few years, you've written and secured uh, almost $400,000 in grant funds. Can you talk about how you went about uh, self-teaching yourself how to write grants? Doesn't sound easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, honestly, I mean, it was just really a lot of research, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I had never done it before. Um, you know, I thought you had to be some grant writer with, you know, a special degree to, to write these grants. And quite frankly, um, after doing a lot of research, did talk to some grant writers, talk to other neighboring school districts and um, other police departments in the area. And, you know, we've, you know, I, I, I just decided to go for it. One of the biggest things um, for grants in my experience is uh, it's, it's data driven. So, you know, you want to you wanna make sure that, you know, you have the systems to capture the data that you want to include into that grant. So um, one of the things that we had done when I came in is we updated our police report management system. So we were able to better capture, you know, those incidents and that data so we can provide that data on those grant applications, um, you know, whether it's a local grant, you know, or if it's a state or federal level grant, they have all that information. Um, same thing with our student you know, databases, um, you know, we needed to make sure that those, those databases were collecting all the information that we needed, um, again, to add into those grants. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, honestly, not, I mean, it was really just a lot of research, um, you know, and, uh, and, and just taking a shot, honestly, just applying for that grant, putting it out there and seeing what happens. And, and thankfully, you know, the, the first one we did is, uh, 
it worked well. And actually, that's what paid for the uh, the Silox system that I talked about a little while ago. So, uh, yeah, we were successful. Well, and I, they, everyone that I've spoken to about grants says the same thing as you about data. They just have the numbers and that really right. helps your application. And I mean, the worst thing that could happen is they don't accept the grant, which stinks. But the bright side of that is you got the practice in there of writing these grants. And then next time it won't be as time consuming or you'll just, you know, be more seasoned in it and it won't seem like such a big task. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and like I said, I've, I've done grants from, from local grants um, to state level with the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency all the way to the Department of Justice. Um, and uh, honestly, um, you know, for those that I did not get approved for, yeah, it's a bummer without a doubt. But, you know, it just makes it more worth it to, to get on to that next grant. What did you do wrong, you know, and, and, and just, you know, and keep pushing forward. And uh, it's, it's, it's been good. It's, it's been a challenge, but it's been good. When, uh, just out of curiosity, when grants get denied, do they ever give, do they give feedback on why, or is it in your experience? Or is it- I, I, I will say um, at the federal level, no, um, at the state <laughs> level, um, you know, some of the, um, some, some people at the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency will give you a report um, as to, you know, maybe some of the things that you could do better next time. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's not an all out report, Hey, you should have done this, but it's a, maybe next time, you know, concentrate on this and instead of, you know, so sometimes, but not, not all grants. Now in, in all the research that you did, were there any good resources you came across that you could share that, that really helped you in the process? Are there any that you can think of? Now, off the top of my head, no, not really. I mean, you know, one of the biggest things that that if, if I was to say helped me the most in my research would be to um, to stick with one item. Um, I think when you when you start adding more than one particular item into a grant, you kind of dilute the grant. I think it just makes it a little bit more difficult for those that are trying to approve you um, to determine, you know, what's priority for the district? Is it communications? Is it emergency management? Um, so I, I did find in my experience that that's, you know, I, I was denied, you know, a couple grants um, because of that. So, you know, again, with the experience, hey, stick with one item. If it's communications, then stick with communications. Um, if it's emergency management, stick with emergency management. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just try not to dilute it too much. Um, to where it's going to be difficult for for those approving your application to actually, you know, decide which one is best for you.